0: Standing this morning for the reading of the Word of God. Let's go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 52. Isaiah, chapter 52. <clears throat> and beginning at verse 1. Awake, awake. Put on thy strength, O Zion, put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city, for henceforth there shall no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake thyself from the dust, arise and sit down, O Jerusalem, loose thyself from the bands, of thy neck. O captivity, O captive, daughter of Zion, for thus saith the Lord, ye have sold yourselves for naught, and ye shall be redeemed without money. For thus saith the Lord God, my people went down a far time into Egypt to sojourn there, and the Assyrian oppressed them without cause. Now therefore, what Have I here, saith the Lord, that my people is taken away, for not they that rule over them make them to howl, saith the Lord. And my name continually, every day is blasphemed. Therefore, my people shall know my name. Therefore, they shall know in that day that I am he that doth speak. Behold, it is I. And this morning I want to I take from verse 2 um, and I want to preach on, I want to talk about, shake thyself from the dust. Shake thyself from the dust. You can be seated this morning in the house of the Lord. Here in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah was a, uh, a prophet of the Lord. Uh, you'll read... The um, first couple of chapters in the book of Isaiah, as he begins to um, talk about the judgment that is going to come if God's people uh, don't turn back to God and somehow don't get their minds back in line and in sync with the one true living God. He begins to talk about um, the different judgment that would come against them. And you'll find out that in him prophesying judgment against them that something took place um, in Isaiah's life that changed him and that caused God to, you know, commission him and anoint him to go and to proclaim um, the things that we read about. You'll read the book of Isaiah, and Isaiah is different from the other prophet's that he begins to, after he is commissioned by the Lord, he begins um, to prophesy a lot about uh, the coming Messiah, uh, Jesus Christ. He begins to talk about uh, the work that the Lord would do when he came and how that he would redeem his people, not only his people, but universally. uh, The reason why we feel what we feel here. How many feel the Holy Ghost in here this morning? And so, I want you to know that that is the power to redeem lost man. I'm going to tell you, nothing is going to redeem us. Nothing is going to set us free the way the power of the Holy Ghost will. Okay? You can have all of the counseling in the the world, but at some point, that counseling is going to run out. And it's not going to do you any good. There's only one thing that can set us straight. There is one thing, only one thing can get us on the right track. I said it before, I'm going to say it again. I hope we don't get tired of hearing about the power of the Holy Ghost. I hope we don't get tired of hearing about the things of God because there's nothing else that is going to set me free. You got addiction in your life, you need the Holy Ghost. You can't shake depression in your life. You don't need to pop a pill. Just get your hands in there air and open up your mouth and let God baptize you with the power of the Holy Ghost. Let God touch your heart and touch your mind. And so Isaiah, as we read here, um, Isaiah is talking about a time. And as he, he's talking about a time, he sees God has shown him. After, in Isaiah chapter 6, you'll read where the Bible says that after King Uzziah died, that, the, that Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up and that his train filled the temple. And he saw the glory of God. And, 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 you know, when God's presence come in, there is something that you realize or that we are supposed to realize. We are supposed to realize that we are so unworthy of God. You know, a lot of times people come in and they think that they want to make put on the facade like I got it all together. And I got it all figured out. I don't need anything. But Isaiah saw himself. For what he really was when God's glory filled the temple, he said, woe is me. He said, for I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. It was no longer about everybody else. He saw himself for who he really was and that he was a man that was in need of God touching his life and shaping him and cleansing him and making him right. And so I didn't come to see anybody else. I come to let God know that, hey, I need you to work on me this morning. I realize that I'm nothing when it's compared to you, that I'm a low-down, dirty dog. I don't have it all figured out. I don't have it all together. I know I fool a lot of people, but I can't fool God. And I don't want to come into the house of the Lord and try to fool him. I want to make it out, up in my mind that I want to be completely open with God. Because God, God already knows it. God already sees it. He already knows why we're doing it. So it's my, we might as well come and be open before God and ask God to have mercy on us. Ask God to extend grace once again to us because we need it this morning. We need it this morning. And so he starts off chapter fifty. 52, as we read, he begins to tell them to awake, awake. And so Isaiah sees a point where God's people were going to be in a, a, a destitute state, a state of depravity, um, a state of a very low state. And he begins to tell them or he, he's talking to them about how they're acting and the way, the things that they're pursuing. He says, wake up. Wake up. We need to wake up this morning. We need to, did we come to have church this morning is what I want to know. Or did we come to just be saying, well, I showed up, I'm here, so let me go ahead and go about the rest of my day. Honey, I didn't just come to be here. I come to get involved with what is going on. Come on, the Holy Ghost is in this place. I know you can feel it. And when the Holy Ghost comes in, I don't just want to sit there. I want to react to what I feel. I want to react to the fact that that God is in this place. I want to know how to respond when God shows up. I want to know how to respond to him. The Bible says that Jesus entered into a certain city. And there were those that, you know, they were all prestige and they were all well put together. And I'm going to tell you, when Jesus shows up, we got to know how to respond to that. We got to know what we are supposed to do. We got to know how to react to when Jesus shows up into the house. The Bible says that when he showed up into a certain city, that the people, they recognized that what they were seeing that the prophet Isaiah had prophesied about this is how he would come. And so the people, knowing that, they didn't just stand there. They didn't just sit with their arms folded. The Bible says they got palm branches. And they begin to wave and say, Hosanna, Hosanna. In other words, they knew how to react to the fact that this is the fulfillment of the prophet in his prophecy. I know what to do. I'm going to get my hands in the air. I'm going to lift up my voice. I'm going to cry out to the Lord Jesus. Jesus is in the house this morning, and I got news for you. He ain't just here for any old reason. He came to see about you. He came to see about you. He came to answer our problems. He came to touch our lives. And so I want to know how to respond. It's time to wake up. I know it's a Sunday morning. I know we done lost an hour of sleep. I understand that, but guess what? It's time to praise the Lord. It's time to shake yourself from the dreariness and the tiredness. It's time to get your hands in the air. It's time to awake. It's time to wake up. It's time to know what time it is. Paul said knowing the times that it's time to awake out of sleep. I'm going to tell you if there was ever a time for us to Spiritually wake up. Now's the time. If there was ever a time for us to take note of what the Word of God is saying and what God is trying to do and wanting to do in our lives, now is the time. We're living in a wicked day, we're living in evil days, we're living in a day where all morality is gone, we're living in a day where people are living in the things that they are yielding themselves to are on the level of an animal. People have lost. And you know what? Without God, we're no different from an animal. Okay? A deprived mind, a mind that is without God is a deprived mind. It is a mind that is deteriorating. It is a mind that is very low. It is a mind that is filled with all types of immorality, all uncleanness. Um, It is an individual that is in a very low state. And this is what Isaiah is dealing with. He's dealing with the people and what they have yielded themselves to. The condition that they are in, their mindset, the things that they are chasing, the things that they are pursuing, the things that they're getting involved with, it has nothing to do with God. It has everything to do with the fulfilling of their, their own lust and their own carnality. They very well knew God's word. They knew what God's word said. They knew his commandments. They knew it all. But in knowing that, they didn't want to hold on to it. They stooped to a very low level as they begin to chase after the other God. Of other nations, as they begin to yield themselves to the rituals that those other nations would perform to their gods, as they got into all of these things, and here the prophet is telling them to awake, come out, put on strength, O Zion, put on, um, O Jerusalem, thy holy, thy holy city. For henceforth there shall no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. I've made up in my mind that I don't want to be involved with the unclean. I made up in my mind that I don't want to touch the unclean thing. I made up in my mind that I want to live unto the Lord. I want to commit my ways. I want to commit my life unto the things of God. Honey, I didn't come dragging into the house of the Lord this morning. I came running in. I'm excited to be here in the house of God. I don't care what everybody else is doing and what they're involved in. Honey, I care about what's going on here this morning. I care about what God cares about. I want to be concerned with what concerns God. You can be seated this morning. And so, in verse 2, he begins to tell them to shake thyself from the dust. He said, arise and sit down. And he's telling them, To arise out of the condition, the state that you're in, and take your proper place. Sit in the place that you were designed to sit in. How many know that God, when God created us, he created us for good things? God never created us to be involved with things that have nothing to do with him. God never created us um, to yield ourselves to things that would hurt us, things that would destroy us things that would destroy our bodies, things that would destroy our morality. God never intended for that. God had good things in mind for us. God created us with good intents. He said, you'll read in the book of Jeremiah, you'll read where he said, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. They're good thoughts, not thoughts of evil, not thoughts... Uh, of, of doing you any wrong, God has good intentions for people. But because we make it up in our mind that we are going to chase and we are going to pursue the things that we want to pursue, we end up getting ourselves in situations and, and conditions that God had no intent for us to be in. God had no intent for some people to be living the way that they're living. God had no intent for people to be addicted to the things that they're addicted to. God had no intent for people to suffer the heartache and the pain that people do. God didn't have, God didn't have intent for people to grow up in single-parent homes. God had no intentions of people being strung out on drugs and and, 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 and uh, yielding their members to degrading things and degrading acts. That's not what God had designed for us. But because of the fall of man and because it is passed down to us, God didn't intend for us to worship everything else but him. You'll find out that people are so comfortable with giving worship to people and to things that are not worthy of it. That don't deserve it. There's only one that is worthy of my admiration. There is only one that is worthy of the praise. There is only one that is worthy of all of my heart and all of my affections. And that person is Jesus Christ. He is the only one that is worthy. God never intended that the people that he created... To love him and to serve him. That would make up their mind that, I was, uh, that they're going to serve God with everything that they had. He never meant for us to serve and to worship the gods of this world. You know, when people hear that, people have a hard time believing that because they say, Well, you know, I'm not bowing down to no statue. I'm not bowing down to an idol, but I got news for you. If you worship anything other than Jesus Christ, you do you' if, if, if you're worshiping and magnifying the idols of this world and the stars of this world, that's where your worship is going and you find out that's a, you find out that that is the very reason that it's so hard that when we come into the house of the Lord we can't give God any praise. We can't give God the glory that he deserved because we've already we're giving the praise and glory to somebody else. Or something else. So when we come into the house of the Lord, it's very hard for us to do that. But I'm going to tell you, Jesus is the only one we should be worshiping. Jesus is the only one we should be magnifying. God has been too good to me for me to come and to sit down and to go through the motions. He's been, this day alone, he's been too good. He's kept me in my right mind. He kept me in my coming and going. He uh, He kept. He put breath in my body this morning. All of my faculties are functioning perfectly fine. I I believe that is enough for us to come in here and pour out our hearts unto God. I believe that is enough for us to make it up in our mind that, you know what? I'm going to let go of some things that are pulling me away from God, and I'm going to give all of my heart, I'm going to give all of my mind, I'm going to give God all of my affection. Did somebody come to worship him with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength don't give God I'm a tired Sunday morning tired praise. Give God a praise that I don't know if I'm going to make it the next service. I don't know if I'm going to make it to another Sunday. I don't know if I'm going to wake up tomorrow. So while I'm here, I'm going to give you my everything. I'm going to get up on my feet. I'm going to leap for joy. I'm going to run it out. I'm going to dance before the Lord with everything that I have because he's worthy of it. He is worthy of it all throughout the scripture. So Isaiah said, shake thyself from the dust. Rise up out of that state of deterioration. Rise up out of that state of depravity. Rise out of that state, that decay, that immoral state. Turn away from those behaviors, those mindsets. Let go of that. Rise up. Shake thyself. From the dust, rise and sit. Take the proper place that you sit at the proper place that you're supposed to sit in. The place that God designed for you to be. I don't want nothing less than what God has for me. You know, a lot of people, they settle for a lot of things. There are people that settle for people doing them all kind of ways. Hurting them, running out on them mistreating them, they settle for a lot of stuff. And they get comfortable with and they, make, they feel like, well, this is how my life is going to be. And, and it's that way because that's all they've seen their whole entire life. They're good. As it's passed down generation to gen- from generation, grandmother did it this way. Gra- Mom did it this way. Dad, granddad did it this way. Dad did it this way. So this, I guess this is how I'm supposed to live my life. But I'm going to tell you, God has a better way of living. God has something better for us. God did not intend for us to settle for a life of sin. God came, he manifested himself in flesh to free us from a life of sin. Because if we continue in the life of sin, we're going to lose out on eternity. And you know what? I've made up in my mind that heaven is a whole lot more important than anything else this world can offer. Making it to heaven, seeing those streets of gold, enter in the gates of pearls, walls of jasper, the crystal sea. More importantly, hearing those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I made up in my mind that there is nothing more important than making it to heaven this morning. There's nothing more important. So whatever I have to get out of, whatever I have to rise up out of, whatever I have to let go, I'm making it up in my mind that I'm letting go of it. People think that it's, it's too late or oh, it's too hard. And that, you know, I've been this way. I've been in this state for so long. How could I ever change? How could I ever come out of this. I'm going to tell you, as long as there's breath in your body, it is never too late. It is never too late to turn your back on this world and begin to return unto the Lord where we belong, who we should be in communion with and fellowship with. It is never too late. You'll read in the scripture where God, after Moses has died off, God um, appoints Joshua to take the children of Israel and to, and to um, conquer Jericho and to begin to inherit God's promises that he's made uh, to his people. And so you'll read where Joshua, before they went to take Jericho, Joshua went and he sent spies to go and to spy Jericho. And so they come into Jericho, and as they come in, the Bible says that there was a woman that took the spies in. And as she realized that um, first things, first, the Bible says that this woman, she understood something. She said that we have heard all of our, everybody here has heard about your God, has heard what he has done and how he has called he, he calls you. Brought you guys out of Egypt and everything that he has done for you all. And when we heard, he says that we begin to be afraid. We begin to tremble at the thought of you guys coming and taking this city. We know that God has given you this city. We already know it. And a lot of people will think that this woman And the things that she was involved with, the Bible says that she was a harlot. And a lot of people will look upon that kind of a lifestyle and say, there's no hope for a person like that. There's no hope for a person that has given themselves over to that. I don't know why she chose that line of profession. The Bible doesn't tell us. It just says, that's what she was. But this woman begin to speak something that somebody needs to know it's the key to coming out. It's the key to shaking yourself, thyself from the dust and rising up out of the muck and the mire, out of the hog pen, out of the slop. This woman began to speak faith. She begins. She begins to exhibit faith as she knows that God has given them the city already. She understands this. She comprehends it. She's not fighting against it. Um, And so it it gets out that people in the city, they they heard, they've seen the spies coming, they know that they're there, and so they're coming to try to take them. And this woman, she takes the spies and she hides them. And as time passes, And and, and it's it's clear for the spies to leave the city. This woman, as she begins to speak faith, she said, when you guys come in to this city to take it, remember me and my household. Remember how I entreated you. Remember the fact that I hid you. And they said, they told her, you know what, when we come, we will remember you. And they gave her, uh, uh, told her what to do, and it was supposed to be a token that when they saw that scarlet thread hanging from the window, that they knew that this was the house of Rahab. And the only person, the only household is, that's going to leave out of here untouched is going to be the house of Rahab. Now, a lot of people would have said, you know what? There is no chance for her. She is, she is so, you know, society has a way of looking down on those type of people. Looking down their nose and saying that they're no good, but you don't know why a person, I'm not saying it's right, but you never know what is driving a person to do what it is that they're doing. You don't know what could have happened. It's not right. Yes. She was in a state of depravity. She was in a state of deterioration. She was at a very low state. The condition of her life was at a very low place. But this woman said, I believe in what you guys are doing. I know that God has given you all the city. Do you know that this very woman, because of that, in her and her household, was saved? But do you know that this woman was mentioned in the hall of faith? In the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, this woman's name was right there, right there in the same chapter as Abraham, as Isaac, as Abel, as Noah, Enoch, all of these powerful people that we read in the Bible her name is read right in that chapter it was about the faith that she had that she knew that God is going to give you guys the city but you know what I believe that God can save me and my family I believe that I'm not too far gone I believe that it's not over in other words I I believe that I can come out of the condition that I am. I can believe that I can rise up out of this muck. I can rise out of this mire. I can rise out and God can do something with my life. Somebody needs to believe that I can change this morning. I can let go of perversion. I can let go of living a lifestyle that is ungodly. And I believe that God can do something with my life. I believe God can feel me. I believe can change me for the good. I believe I can come out of this. I don't have to settle for this condition. I don't have to settle for things being this way. I don't have to settle for chaos. I don't have to. I can come out. I can shake myself from the dust, from the dirt, and I can arise out of this state and I can take the proper place that I'm supposed to be the place that God designed for me to be I'm gonna tell you there's nothing like being in the house of the Lord there's nothing like being in the church there's nothing like being a part of the body of Christ there's nothing like being in the father's house Too many times people think that there's something better than being in the Father's house. But I got news for you. There's no other place that I'd rather be than here in the Father's house. There's no other place that I'd rather be than a part of the church. And so all throughout the scripture, you'll read where people found themselves in a very low state, in a very low condition. A state that lacked morality. A state that lacked it lacked the things of God. It lacked a knowledge of God and, and God's ways. You'll read where the Bible, Jesus was teaching a parable. He Well, he taught, he was talking and he was teaching different parables. He taught about The lost sheep, he talked about as he is telling them how that the shepherd would leave the 99 just to go and find the one. I'm so thankful the day that God came looking for this lost individual here. I'm so thankful that he came and he seeked to save that which was lost. Because I was in a very bad state. I was in a very low place in my life. And God came looking for me. God came looking. And I'm so thankful this morning. And so he taught different parables. Another parable that he taught, he talked about a man that had a son. And this young man, he felt, I don't know. Maybe he felt that he had come into his own. And maybe he felt that the father's house didn't do him any good any longer. And so he made up in his mind. He went to the father and said, give me my inheritance. Give me what I got coming to me. Give it to me. I want it. The father gave it to him. How many know that the father's going to give you what you want? He'll give you whatever you want. He'll give it to you. How many know that God ain't just trying to hold on to people, especially if they don't want to be held on to? God, God don't need us. God wants us. But understand, God doesn't need us. He don't need any one of us. He definitely wants us. He wants to save us. But God is not going to hold on to people that don't want to be held on to. And so the young man, he got up. He left that father's house. He took a journey. And so he begins to hook up with people, citizens of another country. He He has wasted all of his substance on riotous living. He's just living it up. He's living the party life. He's doing whatever it is that he wants to do, however he feels. And while he has money, he has a whole lot of friends, whole lot of friends. Everybody wants to be a part. Everybody wants to be around him. But you'll find out that when the money ran dry, when people couldn't get anything from him any longer, when he was of no Good use to, for them, to them. They were nowhere to be found, and so now this young man has to link up with people from another country, and now he is working. He is he is feeding the pigs, but before long, he is now he is eating with the pigs. He's down in the slop. He is, he is eating. Pig slop. I'm going to tell you, that wasn't God's plan for him. His own, his own pursuit of his own plans led him to that state, into that condition. we got to make sure that we're pursuing God's plan for our life. The pursuit of your own plan... In your own desire, it's going to cause you to be in a state that is very low, a declining state. People walk away from the Father. They turn away from God's ways and doing things God's ways, and they think that they're going to prosper. They think that they're on the incline, but really, you're declining. You're on the decline very fast. Read it. The Bible says that Jonah... God gave Jonah directions. He gave Jonah specific instructions on what to do. The Bible says that Jonah ran away from God. Every, every time as you read after he's left God, the Bible says that Jonah went down. He went down into the ship. He was on a decline. Jonah thought, hey, things are real good for me. Things are going to work out. But Jonah didn't know it. He was on a decline. I'm telling you, when you walk away from God, when you stop doing things the way that God ordained for them to be doing, you ain't inclining. You are declining. You are digressing. You are deteriorating. There's no such thing as life without God. There's no such thing as things being good or getting better the farther you get away from God. That is crazy. Crazy. But there are those that believe it. This young man found out very quickly that, hey, and he began to think. He shook himself. He began to think. He says, my my father's servants have better than this. Servants, not a son, servants, has it better than what I'm partaking of right now. The Bible says he shook himself, and he said, you know what? I'll go back to my father's house. He said, and I will tell my father that I have sinned. And he makes his way to the father's house. He's making his way to the father's house. He has risen up out of that state. He's making his way back. A lot of times what keeps people away from coming back to God and they know their life is miserable and broken and and torn apart, it's the fact that they don't want to admit that they are wrong. They don't want to admit that they did it wrong. They don't want to admit that what they was pursuing was what they wanted. They They were in their flesh. They was carnal. And that's what keeps a lot of people from coming back to the Father's house But I or returning back to God. But I made it up in my mind, whatever I got to do to get back, whatever I got to do to get back in line with God's word, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. How many know, and here's the awesome thing about God. People think that God is just waiting to condemn them, is just waiting to destroy them. Here's the awesome thing about God: God is patiently waiting. Each and every day, God is waiting for you to turn around. God stands ready for us to make that turn around. God is actually looking, and God is trying. See, God is trying to look, looking for the opportunity for people that have begun to do things their own way to turn around and get it. Back in line and come back to him. The Bible says, as he made his way to the Father's house, he didn't even get to the Father's house. The Bible says, the Father saw him far off and ran and fell upon him and kissed him, embraced him. Let him know that he was still loved. Let him know that he didn't give up. If you only knew, if people only knew how much God loves you, if we only knew how much God desires to be in fellowship with us. If we only knew how much God longs and desires to hear from us, to spend quality time with us. That young man had to make it in his mind that I'm not going to stay in this state. Somebody got to make it in their mind they're not going to stay in a state of perversion. Realize God is trying to give you an opportunity to come out. Take advantage of the opportunity. Take advantage of it because God loves his people. God, the the Bible says he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. All means everybody. Not a certain group of people, not a certain kind of people, but everybody. Sad thing is, everybody won't because of their own desires, their own pursuit. I want to make it up in my mind that I'm shaking myself from some things. I'm coming up out of some things that was passed down to me. I'm coming out of some mindsets. I'm letting go of some attitudes. I'm letting go of some ungodly desires, and I'm running to Jesus. I'm running to him. I'm falling at his feet, and I'm letting God know that I need you more than anything in this life. I need to feel your touch. I need your power. I don't need another, another a money amount of money. I need the power of the Holy Ghost. I didn't come to church just to be the church. I came to let God know that I need you more than anything. Let us stand this morning because I'm going to tell you, God wants us, but God doesn't need us. And I'm going to tell you, the very thing that you're pursuing, God will give you over to that thing. You know when God gives people over? We need to hear this this morning. Because I think there are some people that think that God should be glad that I'm here. God should be glad that I took the time to even come. Like it's, like, like God should be thankful. Truth be told, I should be thankful that I'm here. after some of the things that I've said out of my mouth and things that I constantly get involved in and constantly do, no matter how many times God speaks to me through preaching, God sits down and he tries to get a hold of me, I should be thankful that God still deals with me. I should be thankful that I still have an opportunity to be here. The Bible In the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul, chapter 1, you'll read where Paul begins to talk about. He talked about different things, but he got to a point where he began to talk about a certain group of people. And the mindset, the state that they were in, a lack of morality. And people need to know that God doesn't just hold on. To people. God will hold on to you, but you gotta want God to hold on to you. You gotta want God. But God don't just hold on to people that don't want to be held on. God ain't holding on to people that are determined to do things how they want to do it and get involved in whatever they want to get involved in. Conversations. Things that are not of God. God don't just God ain't. No. God wants people to really serve him. God wants people that really loves him, that really buys into what he is trying to do, that really buys into the church, that they really buy into it. They really believe the word of God. Romans chapter 1. And beginning at verse Twenty-one. This is what Paul said about a certain group of people. And you're going to find out that when, listen, you want to know when God turns people over and just let people go? It's when people have very well knowledge of what God's word says and they still determine to live however they want to live and do whatever it is they want to do. They know. That there is a God. They even know that there is one God and that His name is Jesus. They have that revelation. They even know what His Word says. But let's look what Paul said. He said, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Verse 22 professing themselves to be wise. There's a lot of people in pursuit of their own things and their their own desires. They profess themselves to be wise. But Paul said they became fools. Verse 23, And changing the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the two corruptible men into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Verse 24, Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. You know why? Because the Bible says he gave them up. You'll read on. The Bible says that when they they did not like to retain the knowledge of God, there are people that know God's word, but they don't want to retain it. They don't want to hold on to what God's word says because they want what they want. They want to do things how they want to do. God gives those people over to whatever it is that they're pursuing to dishonor themselves. Now, people say, oh, well, that's talking about a certain group of people. Yeah, but listen, it applies to anything and everything. When I have the knowledge of God's word and what God's word clearly says, and I'm still determined to pursue my own ways and what I want. God will give me over. God to give me up. God is not holding on to people that don't want to be held on to. I want to make it up in my mind that I want to come out of some things. I want to rise up out of some things. I want to shake myself off. I want to shake off the dust. I want to arise and be what God wants me to be. I want to rise out of the filth. I want to rise up out of the perversion. I want to rise up out of the ungodly. I want to rise up out of the vain chattering and and babbling and, and foolishness. Because people think that they're so wise in the pursuit of their own wants and their own desires. But God looks at those kind of people as foolish. It's a foolish thing to think that you don't need God and don't need the ways of God. Isaiah said, shake thyself from the dust. Get up. Get up. Arise. Get up. Let go of that way of thinking. Let go. Who cares what everybody else is doing? Who cares what they're doing at the school? Who cares what the family is doing? Arise. Turn away from that. Let go of that. Let God, let God change you for the good. Let God fill you with his good spirit. Let God cleanse your mind of the perverted thoughts. Let God change the things that you're desiring. Somebody lift up your hand this morning. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Somebody lift up your voice. I don't want God to give me up. I don't want God to let go of me because of what I'm desiring what I'm chasing. I want to make it up in my mind that I'm going to shake myself from the dust. I'm going to rise out of the state of depravity. I'm going to rise out of that state of decay. I'm going to rise out of the rubbish, out of the, out of the muck, out of the mire. You'll find out that God is patiently waiting for you. But just because He's patiently waiting doesn't mean that He always will. I want to take advantage of the opportunity that I have this morning. Somebody lift up your voice, lift up your hands. This is a good time to repent. This is a good time to get your heart right with God. This is a good time to let God fill you with the Holy Ghost. Somebody make it up in your mind I'm rising i'm arising i'm shaking myself from the dust i'm arising out of perversion i'm rising about a pornography i'm gonna rise out of depression and bitterness and anger i'm coming out of that i'm gonna let god feel me i'm gonna let god make me to where i'm supposed to be i want to take my pla- place in where i'm supposed to be i'm supposed to be a child of god i'm supposed to be victorious i'm supposed to live An overcoming life I'm not supposed to be bound shackled in my mind locked up in the prison of my mind I'm supposed to have liberty I'm supposed to have victory I'm supposed to walk in power and authority somebody lift up your voice lift up your hands let's come down to this altar come down with your heart lift it with your hands calling Upon the name of the Lord. I don't want to live a life of sin. I want to come out of it. I want to be what God has called me to be. And that is a child. That is a son of God. That is a daughter of the most high God. Come on, somebody. Shake yourself from the dust. Come on, arise out of the filth. Let go of the perversion. Get your mind on Jesus. Let him fill you with the Holy Ghost. You, oh God. Come on, somebody. Now Pour you out your heart. heart. Pour out your heart. So I will, I will run Come on, that's the Holy Ghost. I will run. That's the Holy Ghost you feel. Let God. Have this way in your heart, mind and soul. Where else home. can I go? Come on, I'm not going back. Come I on, I hear you.